Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm senior editor Devendra Hardawar. I'm reviews editor Sherlyn Lowe. And we are living in a global pandemic. That is official. This week, the WHO has named coronavirus a pandemic. Last week, we talked about how it's affecting the tech world. And this week, uh, I think we could talk a bit more about how it's actually reshaping the way we're living and specifically the way we're working and going to school. As always, if you're digging the show, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review, especially on iTunes, and drop us an email at podcast at engadget.com. We appreciate any feedback, uh, certainly better than uh, yelling at us through the reviews. Uh, I appreciate the emails a lot more. Okay, so coronavirus is officially a pandemic. That sounds scary, right? To clarify, right, there's um, a list of criteria that have to be met before the WHO declares anything a global pandemic. There's mm-hmm. things like number of countries affected, number of cases reported, how spreadable it is. A global pandemic really just talks about the reach of this thing, less about how many people die and how deadly this thing is and more about the spread. And, and you know, I think Devendra, you and I were talking about this just now, but like, yeah, the overall, every country's lack of response has led to where we are, really. Yeah. I mean, mostly, honestly, mostly the Western countries, but (laughs) I'm sure, like, especially America, like, we are just not doing well. We're not testing many people, especially compared to what Taiwan and South Korea and other countries Mm -hmm. are going with. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, the, yeah, last week we hinted that um, a lot of companies would be thinking about working from home policies, and now it's kind of, uh, it's become more widespread. So Mm -hmm. Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Twitter, Facebook, Apple are all asking their employees to work from home. Our employer, our main company, Verizon, has not done that yet, but we did get an email that's kind of hinting at that. It just seems like that is, it's the broader advice through a lot of companies because the main ways to help avoid spreading this thing is to avoid congregating in large groups of people. What are your thoughts on this, Sherlyn? Because it is like a widespread change in the way we work and it is something enabled by technology because now we have uh slack we have video conferences and everybody you know a lot of people have computers and devices to access that right 
the thing everything has made me more aware of right now is the mm-hmm. limits of what technology can do in cases like this. So for me, you know, working from home is a luxury we've had and working from home has always been relatively easy because we have Slack, we have Google Docs, we have all these yeah. things. We're pretty fortunate in that respect, yeah. Yeah, and our jobs don't generally require us to be you know, in an office interacting with people and we don't have to, you know, serve people uh, like we're not in the service industry that mm-hmm. much. But where I've found the limits to be is, you know, seriously, sometimes I just have to be somewhere in person. Like for, for yeah, us, yeah. our job is to produce video content sometimes. And so I have to shoot a lot of video and that requires the way we work. We're not, you know, I'm not a one man band. So the way we work is <laughs> <laughs> we have a video producer who has a ton of equipment and, you know, that ton of equipment isn't stored at their place or their home. It's stored in the office or with the studios in the office. We have to go into the office to shoot. So this week I kind of had to go into the office a lot because I had to make a bunch of videos mm-hmm. and sometimes it felt unavoidable. I feel like, you know, this may be just me like kind of first world complaining, but there are there are some limits to what what technology can do for us still mm-hmm. for sure i think um maybe for a lot of people with desk jobs you can hold your meetings over email you could do most of your productivity work from home but mm-hmm. uh yeah that's certainly not the case for hourly workers and service industry oh, yeah. workers i think one interesting thing that we've seen from all these tech companies is that, is that they've committed to paying their hourly workers uh the same rates they would as if they were actually working yeah, um, I'm glad. A lot of that is still unclear because it does. It seems like oh, some people may have reduced hours, but it also seems like maybe they're still expecting some service people to actually go to the office. Uh, at the same time, this is um, it's a good way of bringing together you know the salaried employees and the hourly workers. It's not going to solve all the problems between that like um, gap between mm-hmm. those types of workers, but it's it's something uh, I think we the saw. Good- yeah. The good thing about doing this, the good thing about the companies doing this is that for these workers who might otherwise have forced themselves to go into work because they might have felt a little bit yeah. sick, this is an incentive to stay home if you're feeling ill. And mm-hmm. that's really, or if you're at risk, I think that now they're less worried about their livelihoods if they decided to stay home for their health. Yeah. And I think that that's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing. I mean, our goal right now as a society is just to try to stop the spread of this thing we don't have a cure we don't have a vaccine just yet uh that may take up to a year Mm -hmm. so this is really all we can do is try to stay sanitary uh clean and avoid large crowds uh what did you do you have any personal experiences sherlyn from just like going outside yesterday after the pandemic was declared because i have a i have a funny situation for my neighborhood i haven't had uh a funny experience since the pandemic was um announced but i mean i've been going out and there's you know a different new york city just seems like to be (laughs) trucking along just like normal honestly new york don't care yeah new New yorkers don't care we're like we swim with rats what are you talking about you know (laughs) i was grabbing an uber and then as i got as I was getting ready to go in, the lady coming out of the Uber was carrying multiple bags from Whole Foods. <laughs> uh-huh. The second I got in, the driver was like, yo, are you like stocking up for the pandemic? Because she was stocking up. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> you got to stock up. You got to stock up. Yesterday no, I... after my work stuff, right, I went out yeah. with one of my granny carts and I yeah. bought, you know, an extra 20 pound bag of rice, uh, a lot of like beans and things like that, you know. The thing about me is I've had such hoarder tendencies that yeah. I have a ton of stuff at home already. <laughs> and I've been stocking up slowly, just like every other day I order That's a good new call. bunch of That's things. That's the way you do so. it. Yeah. A lot yeah. of like 
non-perishable goods. This yeah. whole thing really makes me basically I want to move to Georgia and just have a basement so I can have like a month or two's worth yeah. supply of food. Yeah. Uh that's my big thing. I, I will say as I was walking down the street yesterday uh to the grocery store with my cart, yeah. uh it was just me in on my block mm-hmm. and one other guy walking towards me. And as soon as he was passing me, he just like pulled up his coat and like blocked his mouth. Uh, in a very like uh yeah you're contaminated way it's like i'm i'm fine i'm not visibly oh sick yeah, it's just it was a funny response and to yeah. how we were the only people in the street you know and yeah he, as he walked by Instead he just really wanted to nice protect, protect himself yeah which is funny i mean i felt that way like i whenever i hear someone <laughs> cough now i'm like turn my face the other opposite direction or something yeah yeah one other thing i noticed is that it just seems like the the fact that all these companies have to deal with coronavirus means we're seeing a lot of great worker protections that honestly i would have liked to see before even starbucks says that they're going to offer 14 days of catastrophe pay for workers who are exposed to the virus Um, which is which is a different scale from what the rest of the companies we just talked about are offering but it is something yeah it's something. And another thing I thought of, too, is like everybody wants to rely on gig economy workers. I do feel like they're among the most vulnerable people mm-hmm. just because of uh, the way they're working and what they have to deal with because uh, they have to run around. They have to be in contact with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They have to be out working. You know, they can't um, just work from home. Uh, yeah. Uber and Lyft say that they'll compensate drivers who are infected or quarantined. But the food delivery services aren't really saying anything we haven't heard anything of, yeah uh postmates seamless nothing um DoorDash. well actually no postmates one thing they're doing they're offering a non-contact delivery option so Great. you know the the worker will just come and drop off the the bag by your door or something and run away i i that's how prime now sort of operates right now yeah. and i will say this that like yes we know that the fomites or the you know the bacteria or the infectious agents won't live on surfaces. I still took a Lysol wipe to my food delivery <laughs> yesterday after the person dropped it off. I was right. like, hi, thanks. Let's not touch hands. And then I grabbed the thing and then I like wiped the whole thing down. And then I also wiped the food containers before I opened them just in yep. case they didn't use gloves at that kitchen. I mean, you still have to protect yourself. I know I'm extreme, but you kind of mm-hmm. still have to think about that. And these gig workers are a huge way for our modern society to avoid going out. Like the whole thing about food yep. delivery is yep. it makes this not going out thing or working from home thing very easy. <laughs> but now it's like, okay, they're they're pretty screwed. I feel very they're bad pretty for screwed. them. I feel like they need um, they need like you know uniforms. I see people going out with like medical gloves and uh, face masks. Not quite the like medical or N95 masks. It don't help if you're using the gloves to touch your face. So. <laughs> It's true. It's true. At the very least, so you can like use the gloves and dump them when you get yeah. to where you're going. So that's something. Don't touch your face. Wash your hands. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Do you remember? Have you ever seen Snowpiercer, Sherlyn? Yes, I love Snowpiercer. So, yeah, there's something. There's there's like a little song that the kids yes. sing about yes. like how they're turning the gears, yes. uh, which is all about like just maintaining the, the never ending train that is you know circling the globe yep at this point sophia has learned a wash her hands song which is very very similar and she will like rub her hands and she just knows the motions which is very cute but also like very indicative of where we are it's kind of sad yeah world yeah i mean there's memes going around about like what songs you should sing while washing your hands (laughs) do you see those 
I love those. Uh, those are we my have favorite. to meme everything. That's how we're, as we That's explained we last week, we're dealing with things through pop culture, and this is how we have to deal with it. Uh, back to this topic, Sherlyn. Like, what do you do? You think working from home flexibility will be a requirement for people moving forward? So that's the thing. The other thing that's going around the internet is also mm -hmm. that, um, you know, not just memes, but everyone's giving their work from home <laughs> tips. And I'm like, listen, yeah. it's not like this is a brand new thing. I understand. This is that, not rocket science, but yeah, yeah. I, I get it. And thank you for offering your advice. I appreciate everything. But um, working from home, it, it's I don't know if it's going to be a big requirement moving forward. I think that a I would lot like of, it to be for I for would like it to be. Yeah, I would. I will say this. Um what has been the most disappointing thing for me throughout all of this is one of my friends or my, some of my friends who their companies and their offices have, you know, sent information, sent emails saying that, oh, yeah, two of your coworkers may have come into contact with the virus, <laughs> but, you know, still come in. And I'm like, the hell is this? Like, That's just incredibly what? irresponsible. It's yeah. everyone is exercising abundance mm -hmm. of caution right now i it is the 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 way you kind of like stop this from spreading you can't let any chance of this i mean again understanding that this is not the most fatal of diseases right, right. you still if you want to stop the spread of something like this you still kind of have to be very aggressive and part yeah. of being very aggressive is that if any chance at all there is that someone has this you kind of like stop it in its tracks you ask them to stay at home give them the tools mm -hmm. to do so and you have it's, to have a work from home policy it's the least these companies could do honestly um i want to bring this around to education uh just because a lot of colleges have announced uh that they're going to be moving towards online courses mm -hmm. remote courses um and a lot of the ivy league schools uh like harvard and amherst where i went to school uh, I have asked uh, kids to leave the campus. Yeah. And that is, to me, that's, that's a huge deal. Like, that shows how serious they're taking this. But also, man, that is so difficult for a lot of students because I've worked with a lot of uh, students who, you know, don't don't quite already feel like they fit in at Amherst. And just the expense of moving and the logistics of that in the middle of the year when they're not prepared for it is difficult incredibly difficult so i also think that yeah. there have been stories and cases of people who just don't have safe homes to go back to yeah exactly um, for their mental health for their physical health so that's really um some of the schools have said they're looking into these cases on a you know individual basis and deciding whether these people need to go home because the goal is social distancing the goal mm -hmm. is to not have congregations so if you have only a handful of people still staying around in this vast campus that's fine but they won't have as many services like they won't probably won't have a cafeteria to go no to. food like, yeah it's still it's still incredibly tough uh yeah this is this is a strange place we're living in right now uh when it comes to remote schooling that's another thing tech is enabling so it's interesting how far we've come i went to college between 2001 and 2005 and back yeah. then maybe some people brought laptops to school uh or to courses but for the most part, it was just like taking paper notes and the professors barely did online stuff. Like maybe we used Blackboard mm -hmm. for digital files or something. Um, now I can imagine it's a lot more connected. Let's wrap this up a little. Uh, what is the state of how America is dealing with this, Sherlyn? It doesn't mm -hmm. seem like we're doing very well, especially compared to the likes of like Taiwan, Singapore and South Korea, right? Not at all. America's not doing good at all. Um, the New York <laughs> Times published a piece that uh, you uh, asked a few of us to read, Devendra, about you know uh, Seattle and how it's been dealing or not dealing with the yeah, situation. Yeah, I, I feel like everybody should just read this piece because it gives us 
to me, it really encapsulates like the problems of our response here, right? It's called, it's just everywhere already how delays and testing set back the U.S. coronavirus response. And it's, it's terrifying, really. It's upsetting. It's, mm-hmm. There have been so many ways that this could have been prevented or the spread could have been minimized. And just the lack of, or the refusal on a lot of authorities' parts to listen to the people who carried out the Seattle flu study mm-hmm. um, really is why at least Washington state, I think is where it is right now. The lessons I think that people have been saying you can learn from those, uh, you know, Asian nations like Taiwan, Singapore, and South Korea are that, you know, a lot of transparency from the government, um, technology certainly helps. I think that Taiwan, Singapore, and South Korea are some of the more technologically advanced nations in that yeah. part of the world. They're using um, heat scanners in public yeah. places, right, to detect when people have the flu. Remotely, yeah, and Taiwan's had that in its airports forever. Every year wow. when we go to Computex, we walk through that. Like, you you know we are monitored for our heat, right? Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. yeah. And um, the other thing also I want to, like, stress that I'm aware that Taiwan and Singapore are islands, so it's slightly easier. Singapore is a very <laughs> tiny island. But Singapore has like five or six million people in this tiny space. And somehow we've managed to have no deaths. And also, even as we were, and I'm saying we now because I'm Singaporean and suddenly very proud. You're um, ready to just escape America and go back to Singapore. Yeah, Not really, but I am proud of the way the country handled it. Because this is one thing, if if nothing else, this is one thing we can get on top of is how to make sure people stay at home. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of lessons to learn. I think we can we can look at like, we can say that the government failed in the U.S. in many, many ways, but I don't know. There's there's a lot to the way the U.S. is run that makes a lot of things like this very difficult. Yeah, we're, we're unprepared and we're also, you know, not sharing information. We're actively disinforming, misinforming There's people. a lot of avoidance yeah. Yeah, that's going yeah. on. There, there, is a, there are several great pieces about how Taiwan has dealt with it, too. And I think what's really interesting is that even as soon as they, like, heard that there was something potentially happening around Wuhan, they had sent... A group of researchers to just go investigate, see what was happening on the ground. China allowed that, even though these countries are not on the best of terms. Mm -hmm. And they came back to Taiwan and be like, basically, something is up. And they started preparing from the get go. So, like, that was in like January. They were just ready to prepare the messaging and make sure their medical, you know, support was uh, ready to handle Mm -hmm. a widespread disease like this. It also helps that, what, 99% of people in Taiwan are on, you know, national health care. So they don't have to worry about going and getting tested or paying for it. So a a lot of signs of saying things we may need in America. But it is making some companies do better things, right? I mean, we, Mm -hmm. we saw that Aetna was doing, you know, three months of prescriptions. Like, it's raising the limit of the prescriptions you can get yeah. for those people who need, you know, regular medication, uh, as well as home delivery for free, which is yeah. nice. Um, home delivery through CVS, I believe, yeah. Aetna yeah. is now a CVS company. It's all very oh confusing. Yeah, that's that's the state of our healthcare, where, yeah, our healthcare providers and, uh, yeah, and insurance and everything are all just all tied together. So any more thoughts, Lynn, about this? Because I, I want to talk about something fun. I know. Let me let me different. let me cl- send you off with this the most morbid thought ever, which is <laughs> <laughs> as we all end up working from home and as we all try to social distance for a little bit. I was talking to my therapist yesterday mm-hmm. and one thing he brought up was that like in times like these, people are probably gonna feel more lonely than ever before. And so 
technology can help that technology sometimes makes it worse but technology can help that get on the phone talk to someone you know go go find a chat group find a support group the other thing also is when please be careful not to fall for scams because two people in my social circles have already (laughs) freaked out about the mta shutting down the subways and i'm like that's going around and that's misinformation it could happen eventually but yeah that's not right now it's not happened Please be careful. Please just whenever you see something like that that scares you, just go go look somewhere else. Google it. Check on Twitter. Are people talking about it? Is it real? Like, just yeah. be careful. But also, Is it real? Yeah, yeah. Double check and stay safe, everybody. Now for something as equally important as coronavirus. And uh, I'm, I'm talking about screen bezels. <laughs> I'm Very talking about equally important. Yeah. The the shape of the border around your displays on your laptops and smartphones and everything. For the past month, I've been talking to a lot of people and just researching why the tech industry is going after screen bezels so hard. I think on the face of it, it's a little obvious just because it's uh, they it, everything looks better. Displays look cooler, more modern without Mm -hmm. bezels. But I do think there are some deeper things happening. I talked to Koi Vin. He's Adobe Senior Director of Product Design. And he's the guy who helped redesign the New York Times website back Mm. in the mid-90s. Or actually, no, back in the mid-2000s. So that was when the New York Times was really starting to get to the web and Mm -hmm. really paying attention to it. And he said something really interesting Uh, He told me where we're used to having very thick bezels, essentially, like a declaration that we have a boundary for this device right now. The more the bezels disappear, the more the technology becomes indistinguishable Mm -hmm. from a book on your shelf or a vase on your table. So Mm -hmm. it does seem like the boundaries between the tech and how we're living with it are disappearing as these bezels are disappearing. So, yeah, it's we're living on our phones. We are, you know, leaning more into our laptops. Our TVs are where we binge watch and spend most a lot of our time these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's a really interesting philosophical idea about why bezels are just kind of fading away. And eventually, what does this mean? This means like um, we're priming ourselves for holographic displays or something like that, where clearly the boundaries between the tech and reality are completely blurred. Um, so yeah, go check out my piece and uh, let me know what you think. What have you been working on, Sherlyn? I mean, I a lot, um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote up a quick editorial about foldable phones um, and how their software is still stuck in the present. I think because we saw, you know, a bunch of prototypes come out lately, um, we've been reviewing the Galaxy Z Flip and the Motorola Razr. It, it led us to start thinking that, hey, foldable phones or, you know, the, uh, the shape of it, the popular shape is starting to take hold. Mm-hmm. It seems like people are, are starting to understand how it, it you know, the benefits or what the benefits are, but the software is still completely not there. The only good use of software on some of these things is Galaxy Z Flip uh, having this thing called Fold UI, or I I forget (laughs) the name right now, but um, which sucks. But (laughs) Samsung is always really good at coming up with bad names and weird new software for these things. But yeah, I can't remember if it's Stand UI. Literally, that's that's (laughs) telling you me, a person whose job it is to cover these things, can't remember. But that is the thing that happens when the fold the phone is like half folded, right? Exactly, sitting on a flat surface. Exactly, so it's half Mm -hmm. folded. Whenever it's half folded, the screen just it automatically splits it in two where the bend is. And yeah. that's nice. Um, all apps should work like that. Right now, it only works with four apps. <laughs> all of Android should work like that. 
because yeah. it should know what state it is, but it takes a lot of communication with hardware and our software still just isn't there. And, and mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that's going to move this forward is Android, really, because all of these devices operate Android right now. We, sure. can, we can wait to see what Windows 10X will bring, but that is meant for a bigger device. And Apple might still surprise us with something, but you know, right now, without the convincing apps and software, I don't know that people are going to see a lot of value in buying a foldable phone, especially when it's so much more expensive than a regular phone. Yeah, even Microsoft, I'm sure, is waiting for Android to catch up with this, right? Because the Surface Duo, the Android-powered mm-hmm. Surface, I think they're going to want to implement some dual-screen ideas. Yep. I'm sure it would be nice if Microsoft and Google kind of worked together on this, but Google is very bad at working with other companies when it comes to stuff in Android, which has led to all these one-off Samsung apps for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, not great. Yeah, so yeah. basically, I think our advice still stands, Roland, right? Don't don't buy a foldable phone this year. Not as cool this as they year. Look. Not this mm-hmm. year. Until until Google figures out how to make Android work well, you're not going to get that much of a benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that editorial had a video in it. If you want to see <laughs> me working in an office, you know, in the days of coronavirus, there you go. Um, yeah. Go but, smash that like button on that yeah. video, as, as the YouTube kids say. Oh my gosh. I did do something a lot more fun. <laughs> Speaking of YouTube kids, I don't know uh-huh. why that links, but uh, I did a lot of something a lot more fun. I saw Dyson's new hair straightener, um, which is something very dear to my heart because uh-huh. I don't know if you know this, but, and you might know this, every night, if I want to look good the next day or if I want to look professional and sleek the next day, the night before, I kind of have to straighten my hair. I have to mm-hmm. flat iron my hair. Because I have pretty puffy, curly hair, by like naturally, and I look like a mess. So <laughs> generally, I look like a mess. But um, uh-huh. so so Dyson, what it did was um, make a new hair strainer, and this isn't a typical flat iron. It is, it's got these flexing plates made up of a copper alloy that grip onto your hair better, so there's more even pressure applied across the head of the flat iron without you you know, exercising any extra force on the other end where you're holding the flat iron. Normally when I use my flat iron, I'm gripping it on like the right side of it. And I'm like pulling the thing, to, pulling my strands of hair through the two copper plates at the other end. Yeah. And the strands of hair that are closer to my hand on the right are gripped firmly, but the ones on the other end kind of, it's loose. So they're not getting the same amount of heat applied. They're not getting the same amount of pressure applied. It affects the amount of times I have to make different passes through my hair. And therefore- It's, it's it, kind of an archaic process too, right? You're is. You're literally just like, yeah, heat pressing- your yeah. hair using very yeah. old school tech to make yeah. this happen. Yeah, exactly. It's it's basically the stand up version of putting your hair on an ironing board and then like ironing <laughs> it. It's the standing up version of that. Yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, this new Dyson hair straightener called called the Corel, by the way, um, it's not that much different. It's just that it's it's gripping onto your hair evenly across the thing, so you don't have to make as many passes on your hair, which mm-hmm. is good, and it therefore allows you to iron at a lower heat. Which is nice too, because right now I iron my hair at 437 degrees Fahrenheit to get it to be the level of sleekness that I want and for the amount of hold that I need. That's how bushy my hair is. That's, um, that's pretty crazy. And also, like, I, I like Dyson's approach to like low heat for these things. Yes. Um, I, I bought my wife the Dyson hair dryer and she loves it. She also has very yes. difficult curly hair. So, yes. yeah, they, they are really good at innovating with this very specific uh, tech. That, you know, that I think that women will certainly appreciate. 
I'm I'm just glad we're doing our job to cover beauty tech that appeals not just to men all the time. Frequently, like people who care about tech can often be men, right. but like well, men case... men don't even like look at the beauty tech, right? Like I can't think no. of like I will tell you all yeah. the people in my comment section or in my mentions on Twitter are like, oh, thanks for covering this. I'm gonna buy my wife one. I'm yes, like, oh, yes. Right. I look I look at this stuff because my wife likes cool gadgets too, so I will buy this for her. But I mean like. Ga- beauty gadgets for guys barely exist Very few. you know it's sort of like maybe you'll find a cool razor or maybe exactly. i was about to razor, say the philips norelco yeah there's yeah. the philips one razor um mm-hmm. but beauty gadgets honestly because it's it's smart for companies to do that not only because we should be improving these tools that women use all the time or women and men whoever it is that's using these things yeah but... with long hair yeah exactly steve aoki um <laughs> why steve aoki you go just straight came to, him. to mind. He immediately came to mind with long hair. I don't know, but um, <laughs> but also the companies you know stand to gain really from from innovating on things like that because we're gonna go out and buy these things. And cool. speaking of this Dyson Corel, is expensive. Let's not <laughs> mince words here. What else is new with the yeah. Dyson gadget? I mean, yeah. the supersonic hair dryer was like four hundred bucks, which mm-hmm. compared to like a drugstore brand is. 20 times the cost yes uh which is a lot okay but it will last you years and years like it lasts you a lot longer than a drugstore brand one will the corel the straightener will cost 500 dollars, and wow. that's still 20 times the cost of a typical hair straightener unless what is the cost of times. like going to salon and get it professionally straightened well like is that what you're competing with really no 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 no. that's okay. not what they're competing with depending if you get it chemically straightened and, and permanently straightened that's like de- depending on hair length it can be like mm-hmm. 250 dollars, which is still more expensive <laughs> the corral is still more expensive than that that's pretty crazy okay but that okay. will last you for as long as your hair doesn't grow out or like for maybe like a year so you're still gonna okay. have to go back and do it again the corel is something that you use uh whenever you need to and it's cordless so you can technically and i'm going to try this straighten mm-hmm. your hair in an uber i'm <laughs> going to try this for work this is for work listen you guys. it's new york i've seen everything i've seen people clipping <laughs> their nails on the oh, subway I- i've seen all that fun stuff uh yeah yeah i will say um the Dyson stuff is really cool. If you wait a little, they have a really great uh, refurbished selection mm. on their eBay store. So I was able, I got like the hairdryer for my wife, I think about a year after it came out for around nice. 200 bucks. Oh, nice. Which is a pretty big discount. Yeah. And if you want to buy it up front, but you kind of still don't want to pay that $500 off front, they, st- they have installment options. So you can pay for <laughs> over a year. You if have you to want. pay for your, yeah, flat iron like, you a, like a car. Basically. Yeah, like a car. Wow. Anything else, Sherlyn? Right now, I'm reviewing the Galaxy S20, the normal size phone, <laughs> which is fun. And so far, I'm liking it. It's it's so good. It's so good. I mean, yeah. What what else is surprising? I'm looking forward to hearing your full thoughts about that. <laughs> uh, good luck, Sherlyn. Good Thank luck you. with everything. Thank you. Okay, now that so many people are working from home, let's talk about a couple picks. That could uh, help you stay sane. <laughs> I've been playing a certain upcoming Switch title, which I guess I can't I can't announce what it is. Ooh. Look for my review on Monday. It involves crossing oh. some animals. Anyway, I'm really digging it. Um, also, I have seen the first four episodes of mm-hmm. Westworld Season 3. And I'm somebody... I did not like Westworld season two, and mm-hmm. I was already really frustrated by season one. 
I do not like the mode of storytelling of Westworld, where it's essentially a puzzle box. You know, it's a puzzle that you're left to figure out. The narrative is very unclear at times and purposefully confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, That really annoyed the hell out of me in season two. Season three feels like a complete reboot. And I am really happy about that. Um, You could tell quite a bit from the trailer that it doesn't look and feel like any of the last two seasons. They've essentially, they're they're out of the park now. That's the minor spoiler, but that's kind of where things ended. Well, the the trailer showed that too. Yeah. They're out of the park, but now we get to see the shape of the world. Mm. And the world is like Blade Runner meets the Matrix. There there are cool car designs or cool building designs. There's there's a lot of cool stuff. Um one one thing I'm gonna hint at, just one little thing, because it's not a huge plot spoiler. But they have this thing where it's essentially like the idea of Grand Theft Auto, the game, except for real life. So it's just an app on your phone. It's like, I feel like doing some crime. I'm going to open up my crimey app and going to do a quick robbery over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet up with some people ad hoc, form a team, go rob a store. Um, It is so, it is silly, but I also feel like I can imagine something like this, you know, moving up from the dark web, like where it's essentially, it's so easy to just unite people using the power of the internet and commit crimes um anyway i'm digging the action i like the characters as always and more importantly the storytelling is just focused i know what people want i know where the show is going Mm -hmm. and it's not trying to like trick me which um i'm not a fan of because it just seems like that's a way to hide bad storytelling now it's um it it feels maybe a little more like a straightforward you know pulpy sci-fi show Mm -hmm. but i appreciate that certainly something that looks this good with actors i really love the trailer also hinted that we will eventually see Tandy Newton as a as a straight up ninja, and oh I want to see that. So there is that. Uh, I've also been watching Altered Carbon season two, and I'm officially not watching that anymore because <laughs> it's hot garbage. Um, I wrote up a review for season one where it was essentially like it felt like live action anime, just mm-hmm. like a fun sci fi show that looked really pretty with some interesting concepts. Season two has no interesting concepts. And it replaces um, that original actor, whose name I cannot remember right now, with Anthony Mackie. I love Anthony Mackie, but right now the show just has no idea what it's doing. Do not watch Ultra Carbon. There's <laughs> lots more on streaming. Uh, go check out Devs. It's on Hulu now. I talked about it last week. There is so much. I, I think streaming life is where we're all going to be for the next month or so. Sherlyn, what's up with you? I have watched Devs. I have watched the first two episodes of Altered Carbon. I have seen the Westworld trailer. This is the world I love, like science fiction and dystopian stuff. These are things I I really like. And I agree Uh with you about Altered Carbon and Westworld. The trailer looks great. Ultra Carbon season two just doesn't have that mystery that I I really liked from the first one. It's just so bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. It doesn't have characters that I like. It's just pretty bad. However... Upon seeing that all of the world is watching Contagion, I went and watched Contagion. <laughs> I Did recommend you like it? it. It's so realistic. It's, it's very realistic. Yeah, It's so realistic. The science is sound. It helps educate me a lot on what's going on right now. I mean, you'll get a little um, frustrated by all the sounds of coughing, probably. Like, it's a trigger. Oh, but man. for me, it's very much 
it was illuminating. I know what fomites mean. I know how to best like behave in. The That's a word you outbreak. used during the podcast. I because did. You learned it. On I learned contagion. it on contagion. I was like, "What is a fomite?" And then I went to look it up, and then I was like, "Oh, okay. So this is how we're transmitting this." Anyhow, go for <laughs> you know, go for the um validation or or go for the whole like feeling a sense of togetherness while watching this movie thing. Yeah. But stay for the education. I will say like it it's good. It's got a lot of good. I, I was actors. probably a little down on it when we talked about it just because I de- I reviewed that movie when it came out. It yeah. was fine, but I think right now it probably has a lot more relevance. So yeah, Very go check timely. it out. Enjoy. Don't watch World War Z if you're like Dev and don't like it. But I will say World War Z was trending on Twitter. So I think y'all have been listening yeah, because to me. The, uh, because the the author of the book, Max Brooks, the book <laughs> itself is a really cool look. Like it's sort of like um, it's done like in a biographical style. Yeah. About book. the zombie apocalypse. Whereas the movie is just like Brad Pitt fighting, fighting things and nothing makes <laughs> and sense. crashing oh. airplanes. That's my favorite bit. Oh, but um, I, I, I hate movies, by the way, that just don't. It just ends. It just ends for like for no reason. Like he yeah. could, he accomplished a plot point and that's it. There's no like pathos or anything Did involved. Did you hear they're but making anyway, Sherlin, they're making a else? sequel? Um, <laughs> okay, but while Davinder's got you locked on the TV shows and the films while you're trying to stay sane if you're quarantined at home or working from home, I got a few other recommendations. I mean, games wise, he's also got you. But I've been playing Smash. Um, which my friends convinced me to do. It's not the newest thing. It's Super Smash, I guess. And um, Super Smash Brothers, yeah. Super Smash yes. Brothers. It's you're saying new- Smash like you're an old pro already over here, Shalit. Come on. I've been maining Pikachu. <laughs> uh, if you have friends who are good at this game or enjoy it, you can all get like online and play together. It's a good way to you know stay at home and still be sort of with your friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you know we've talked about Jackbox a bunch of times now, but Jackbox you can like twitch uh screen of it and still play with people online so i think that i'm trying to give you ways to be interactive with people and have fun online in your downtime um so you don't feel so alone the other thing is for the people who do like to feel like they're alone and transport themselves to another world read a book i (laughs) (laughs) what what books i there are so many i know that's the good thing is you'll never run out of books to entertain you you'll never get bored there's a lot you can read whatever you want I'm reading, look, I like trashy TV, so it should be not surprising to anyone that I like trashy books. And I've been reading a lot of Dan oh Brown because I, I love Dan I'm Brown. I'm bracing myself right now. Dan Lay Brown. It on me, what Dan Brown. Dan God Brown, baby. It. God damn it. I like. Okay. I also like Blake Crouch, so that's a that's a Are better these even author. Are real people, Blake Crouch? That oh. sounds like a. <laughs> it's not a name. How do you guys not know the inimitable Blake Crouch? I, I will say you. specifically, when it comes to Dan Brown, he he kind of gets my goat quite a bit because yes. he went to my college and he's one of the most famous people from my college. And it's I like, see. that's what people think of. And it's just, it's annoying as hell. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying <laughs> your trashy Pulp Fiction thriller. Well, that's it for our show this week, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own managing editor, Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elm. You can find Devendra shouting into the void online at... At Devendra on Twitter, and I also podcast about movies and TV at SlashFilm.com, at the SlashFilmcast there. Go check out uh, our review of The Invisible Man, because that's uh, surprisingly a tech movie. Oh boy, okay. Well, if you need me, or if you want to give me the trashiest book recommendations, I'm on Twitter at Sherlin Lowe. 
Email us your thoughts and feedback at podcast at Engadget.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts, including Spotify. Come back next week for a brand new episode.